Hi, booty friends. Welcome to the Plug Podcast by B-Vibe. I'm your host, Luna Matadas, and I'm a sex and pleasure educator. How lucky am I to be the host of a podcast that's taking anal pleasure conversations even deeper? Today, we are going especially deep. We're going real big and real deep today with our topic because we're talking about anal fisting. So anal fisting is definitely not a beginner activity, but it's also not an activity that means you're winning at anal. You can enjoy fisting fantasies and if and when you're ready to take fisting into a reality, you're going to want to have some of the tips and techniques from this episode. Our guest today previously gifted us some amazing ass-eating techniques and information in season one on episode three, and this time I'm bringing back Dr. Carlton to have him help us answer the question, to fist or not to fist? The Plug Podcast is made possible by the fabulous B-Vibe. B-Vibe is out there creating and innovating all kinds of fun things to shove up your ass for fun, and B-Vibe is an award-winning sex toy company that's also committed to pleasure education and inclusive marketing. So these things are totally my jam. If they are your jam too, please like or follow or subscribe wherever you're listening and give us any feedback on topics that you would like to see us talk about in an upcoming episode. Dr. Carlton is a gay gastroenterologist who was raised in an uber conservative town, tobacco town in the deep south, but somehow made his way to training at the Mayo Clinic for a top tier medical education. He landed his dream job in San Diego where he's married to an amazing guy and has two kids. While he serves the entire community's medical needs, he is particularly proud to serve the local LGBTQ community in San Diego and be a resource for healthcare without judgment or shame. He stumbled onto TikTok during the pandemic, that's that's where I found Dr. Carlton do and and realized the need and the hunger for anal sex education, not just from the LGBTQ family, but also from women and straight men interested in butt play. So who better to ask than a gay GI doctor who not only knows the medical side of things, but is also no stranger to anal sex himself. All right, you ready to go deep? Let's get ready. Let's go deep in this chat about fisting with Dr. Carlton. So I hope uh, everyone who's listening is really jealous because I am chatting with Dr. Carlton again. We had Dr. Carlton in season one, and I was just so excited to bring him back to talk about fisting. I'm so happy you're here. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) It's so good. It's so good because, I mean, what a great day to talk about fisting. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood to talk about fisting. (laughs) It's always a great day to talk about fisting. I'm so glad that that you're here because your education style is so relevant and personal. And I feel like fisting is something that there isn't a lot of information about, particularly for anal fisting. I think I've seen a lot of things about vaginal fisting, although that can still use way more education. But I I think that being able to talk about the the how-tos and the why should we do this or why do people do this and getting into safety and how we can have the best fisting experiences possible is really something that does come down to a lot of personal interactions with this act, right? Like, what do we want to get out of it? How do we want to get into it? So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, why, why anal fisting? Like, why is this a thing? Why might someone want to do this? You know, I think that uh, it it definitely on social media, Twitter, uh, OnlyFans, just for fans, for my fans, those sorts of uh, different uh, platforms have definitely portrayed fisting a lot more. Um, people are seeing it more. There's more, uh, it's more accessible to people to see videos. Um, it used to be just kind of a very small niche and now it's really getting it to be a big deal. It's like everybody's fisting, you know? Uh, you know, if you're not fisting, you're behind the times. 
And <laughs> honestly, for me, I, you know, as a, as a GI doctor and a gay man, you know, there hasn't been a whole lot of research about fisting. People ask me fisting questions all the time. And I'm like, well, shit, there's no data on it. So I actually went, uh, knowing that this is, I was going to get hammered with a lot of questions with, about this stuff. I went and, and did an international survey of about 25 guys from all over the world who fist and said, hey, uh, let's talk about, you know, what position you play in, in uh, you know, how to prepare for it, the do's and don'ts, what you would say to a novice, uh, you know, the, the classic questions like, oh, you know, am I going to just be incontinent for the rest of my life? all those sorts of things to just try to get a little bit better idea about what, what's really happening out there. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to hear more about this study because I think there's, you know, people might be on the fence about like to fist or not to fist and, and kind of worrying about some of these concerns and things like prolapse or not being tight. So what kinds of questions did, did you ask in the survey? Well, uh, the first question I asked was, you know, do you consider yourself a top bottom or versatile uh, fister? And remarkably, most people said they were versatile. You know, they gave and received. You know, when it came, I also asked, well, how do you prepare for, for fisting? Because obviously it's a much deeper situation than just anal sex. So uh, a lot of people said, you know, they usually don't eat a whole lot the day before. They do a pretty extensive clean out that can last anywhere from six to 12 hours prior to, the, uh, to, to fisting. They're high on their fiber intake. Uh, just so that they can keep things moving through their system, you, you know, eating a balanced diet, not not eating a lot of crap. Um, and then, you know, once they get clean, they just sort of don't eat again until the, the fisting situation is done. They'll also uh, do a um, dietary, um, you know, like they'll try to get some gummy bears if it's going to be a long um, uh, session during the during uh, play, just to try to keep some energy going. Um, but yeah, uh, maybe even a, an emodium right prior to say an hour or so prior to, to taking a fist, just so that there's not a whole lot of movement. Okay. So that's, that's a, that's a serious prep. Yeah, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a lot. It, it really is. It takes a lot of preparation. Yeah. Yeah. And is there preparation in terms of their, their body? Like, is this something you can kind of be like, okay, I'm not going to eat today and I'm going to try to take my partner's fist or would, would they need to really train themselves with larger object or larger butt plugs or larger toys or dilators? Well, yeah, that's another thing as well is, you know, our bodies are kind of trained over time to think of this as an exit only situation. And we have to kind of relax and allow things to be able to come in there. You kind of have to retrain your brain. So it's a lot of, there's honestly, there's a lot of communication that's required. There's a lot of negotiation between you and your fister. A lot of experienced fisters say, hey, before you just start with a fisting session, you should really start exploring yourself a little bit one-on-one, you know, or alone with maybe a toy so that you know what your body's like, you know, train, train things to open up a little bit more because at, at rest, a lot of us are super tight. Um, yes. And so it, it requires a lot of relaxation and a lot of lubrication. So yes. start start with with toys, work your way up gradually. Don't be in a rush. It's not it's not a, uh, a competition. Uh, it's a marathon and not a sprint. So Ooh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely open up yourself with with I 
you know, I mentioned previously my butt clock technique where you go in and you just press the lateral aspect of the, of the uh, anal sphincter so that it allows it to relax and open up. Yes, yes. That's an awesome technique, yeah. Yeah, and then the uh, lubrication. I said, well, you know, what kind of lube do you guys use? Because I've, you know, I've always seen the old-fashioned Crisco kind of situation when I've when I've seen it in, in older porn. Mm -hmm. And people said, actually, they use uh, J-Lube or X-Lube or a combination of uh, one of the lubes with Crisco. Um, some people actually add in a little CBD oil to try to help relax as well. It's kind of a, a, smorgasbord, a smorgasbord of responses when it came back with with uh, the responses on what kind of lubes. Just lots of it, whatever you do. I'm really glad that you mentioned that because I, I think as someone who's, who's given um, anal and vaginal fisting, I really find that oil-based or really longer lasting, like silicone-based, like stuff that's hard to get out because you are filling, mm -hmm. you're stretching and filling. And so sometimes for me, water-based, even if I'm I'm also wearing a glove, it definitely doesn't have the the lasting power. So I love that, that you're discovering this with, with the audience about, you know, okay, instead of Crisco, there are some really great, you know, oil-based lubes. There are some really great long lasting yeah. lubes that people invest in your butthole if you're going to stretch it. Like this is a thing. And, and I loved what you said too about, um, kind of asking, posing the question about how are people prepping? Because there, there is a, a desire in this. And I think a lot of the porn that we see is, is very much about like taking it and it's really rough. And it's like a lot of like punching. And when we talk about fisting, it, it definitely, we're talking about either the full or partial fist inside of someone. So if you're getting four fingers inside of someone on your way to fisting, or, you know, I'm making the little, the little duck sign. If you were to make a, a shadow puppet with a, a, trying to make a duck, that's kind of the, the motion of your fingers that we're kind of grouping them all at once. And so if you're only getting to the second knuckle, who cares? You can call it right. fisting. It's not a competition. Absolutely. And that's, and that's really important as well, is to know that there shouldn't be um, an expectation to have someone up elbow deep inside of you the first time you fist. It's, it takes time. It takes training. Um, it takes a lot of negotiation up front. You have to, you know, one of the biggest things that I was shocked about with fisting is because it's been portrayed in porn as this big gut punching thing where it's like, a, it looks like the bottom's getting hurt or getting, you know, getting dominated by the top. Fisting is not that at all. The bottom is in control or should be in control when it comes to fisting. It's their asshole that can get torn. It's their colon that can get ripped. They need to be connected with you and they need to guide you with, with every step. So there needs to be negotiations up front. Okay, I'm going to look you in the eyes and I'm going to tell you when it hurts. Mm. This is what you should know about my asshole. It hurts when you do this. Um, make sure that you use this kind of stroke because I like this kind of stroke when you go in. And then there needs to be a lot of warm up that goes along with it. You just like like we said earlier, just pressing up against the the hole to let it relax with maybe even with with one finger first and then with two fingers, and then gradually, like you said, that duckbill um, uh, formation with your hand is the classic fisting. Uh, uh, formation. Yeah. And once you're in there, like, what can we do? Mm -hmm. Or other than gut punching, can we turn it? Or right. like, can you move your fingers? What What should I do with my hands in there? You know, it, honestly, it's, it's like fucking. You can do it any number of ways. Um, classically, people go in and just kind of do a, a nice little swirl and a twist. Mm -hmm. um, 
but but read the cues from your from from if you're at the top read the cues from the bottom and see what they like and if they if that doesn't look like it's pleasing them then you know change it up a little yes i really like it to if i'm not sure or the bottom's not communicative or maybe they're they're a bit shy with their words or they're in that space of kind of they're puddled out i love giving them the power to squirm on on my fist so move and ride their body however they want exactly and that's uh, that's another thing that some people said that they really found was was better to let the bottom just be in complete control love that um you know let them ride your fist instead of you actually going in and and doing a lot of the work. I really like that. And and you you said some you said elbow deep and that made me think about anatomy. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so when when we talk about anal sex without fisting, I mean a, a lot of educators are often reaffirming that we're not going into the area where poop is stored. And so in terms of anal fisting, where exactly are we if we are let's say fist deep versus wrist deep versus, you know, a little bit deeper? And and are there better positions yeah. that elongate the rectum so that you get more depth. Absolutely. So the the rectum is really the last eight to 10 inches of your GI tract out to the anus. I totally want to measure my arm now. (laughs) 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 I'll do that after. (laughs) So, and everybody, you know, that may vary by a couple of inches here and there, depending on, on how tall someone is or just normal variations. But there's a big turn that happens after about that eight to 10 inch Mark, and that's what's called the second hole. Mm. A lot of people talk about this mysterious second hole, but that second hole is just the turn where the rectum and the sigmoid colon come together. Okay. The, the sigmoid colon is much longer. It's also S-shaped, therefore called the sigmoid colon. Um, so there's a lot of looping and a lot of turns there. Okay. And a lot of times when people have anal sex and in the middle of it, water just comes rushing out, mm. it's because when they when they uh, prepared with, with water or whatever, whatever preparation they're using to, to flush out with, it stores up in those turns. And then as you motion around, it kind of comes back out. Okay. So it's important with just day-to-day anal sex, not to overdo the, the amount of fluid that goes up there because it's all got to come out and not get trapped in those spots. Now with fisting, it's a little bit more because some people do want to go deeper. Now, if you're not going that deep, then there's no worry. There's no need to worry about this massive clean out. But if you're planning on going super deep, if you're more experienced, that's when the, the, the longer clean outs happen. So that turn, though, because it is such a big turn, is where a lot of injuries happen with toys Ooh. and a lot of injuries, um, uh, and especially in combination with, with, uh, with chemicals. Okay. Um, people who are not sober... Uh, tend to either get injured there, either with a large toy or because the, the, you have to be able to, to know when you're getting hurt. You have to be able to communicate, oh, no, 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 that, that hurts, don't, you know. And the top has to go slow as well with, mm-hmm. with whatever they're using, fist or toy. So that, that area is the most common site because of that sharp turn where things penetrate through. Okay. So that's where you got to go super slow and, and just be, stay focused and be patient, relax and connect. Okay. And, and connect. That's one of the things that I want to really express to people that I was shocked about. The fisting community that I spoke to said the connection during fisting is something more intense than they've ever felt in any other sexual experience. Mm. That there's such, a, there's such a level of trust and commitment and communication and focus that, that it takes is that you'll notice that it, it's 
the, the level of intimacy involved really takes it up a level. Yes. I'm so glad that they reported that because there's also something about, you know, people who do want to bring in dominant and submissive energy into fisting. Mm -hmm. It also doesn't have to be explicitly rough. I think I'm, I'm a very sensual fister and I'm usually in a, a dominant position in, in that situation. And, and for me, it is about like connecting so deeply that I get to be so deep inside someone else's body and fill them with all of me. That makes it very intense on this, this emotional level, on an intimate level and to, to allow space for that. If that's happening for you, then great. And if it's something that right. you want to encourage, that's also wonderful. I'm so glad this, this audience that you spoke with was just like these, these connected people. Yeah. And I think that's another thing about the pleasure. A lot of people are like, well, how can you get pleasure out of that as a top or as a bottom? Well, that's where a lot of the pleasure comes in is that those, those brain um, areas that uh, allow for pleasure are so amped up with the connection part of things yeah. that, and that, that becoming one and that depth that a lot of some, some of the top fisters have said, it almost feels like there's this magical thing that's happening in my hand. Yeah. Like, like there's just, and, and the bottom, the fisties, I guess is what you would say. They really, um, a lot of people say there's just this other level of intensity that you don't just feel with, with, with traditional anal sex. Mm, yes. Yes. And, and you mentioned before, you know, being able to connect with your partner's eyes. And so I love that too. And cause a lot of times we see fisting porn where it's doggy positions and you can't see someone, you know, put your partner in front of the mirror if you like doggy so that you can connect with their eyes, but what positions would be uh, good to facilitate fisting? Well, I think, I think you see it in a number of forms and it's really, it depends on how people are built. Mm. Many times you'll find people in sort of a sling position okay. where they're in a, they're, they're in a sling and, and they're able to really manipulate a lot better that way. Yeah. Well, that'd be great too. Cause then their body's relaxed and they're, they're being held by the swing. Right. Okay. So you were saying, uh, the, the swing position or the being in a swing is, is great for a great position for fisting. What other options do people have? Well, uh, also you mentioned doggy style as well. That's another, uh, another option. Um, I think, I think it's really uh, kind of trial and error, just kind of see what works best for you. Yeah. That's really good advice because I think people should not be afraid to kind of get creative. So I, I like giving fisting in doggy, but I want someone to be in a supported doggy. It's too much to ask the receiver to be holding up their body right. with their arm. So I prop a pillow under or two underneath them or a sex cushion. Um, even an anal missionary being able to, to have someone's pelvis propped up behind them with a sex cushion or a folded pillow in half, that can give you a better angle to be able to see them, but also to kind of make their body not have to hold their body. They can just play out as if they were were in a, a swing. Is there is there right. is there something from the survey that um, might touch on if people are approaching fisting from uh, drugs or alcohol? I'm specifically interested in poppers because I think this comes up a lot of times mm -hmm. when when we talk about it. And you've got some great education on your Instagram about popper use, poppers use. Yes, poppers, poppers. A lot of people, you know, poppers are a big a, a big subject. Uh, uh, given a little history about poppers, uh, in the 60s, they were a drug used to increase blood flow to the heart when people were having chest pain. They came in cap capsules that were cracked or popped open and then sniffed, and that's how they got their name. Um, they work by relaxing the smooth muscle, which is found in the walls of the blood vessels, but also in the areas of uh, where there are other areas of smooth muscle, like the vaginal lining, as well as the uh, internal anal sphincter. 
So uh, when you inhale them, your blood vessels dilate. A lot of people also get that head rush from it because of the dilation, and that's why that happens. But you also get a relaxation of your anal sphincter um, and, a, and a sense of euphoria. That being said, it's not without potential complications because it does involve a degree of uh, dilation there. If you're on medications that have uh, uh, dilating effects like nitrates, or if you're taking uh, Viagra, uh, the combination of that can be very deadly because your blood pressure can really drop super, super bad um, and lead to like a stroke or passing out. You know, there have even been reports of people dying from from popper use um, in the wrong situation. So like high intensity heat situations where your blood vessels are already uh, relaxed. They also, uh, you know, w- with the medications like Viagra or Cialis, um, uh, intensely heated situations, like I mentioned earlier, like saunas and steam rooms, and then use of other illicit, illicit substances that already make your heart race, you know, meth or cocaine or other things like that. It really complicates and, and, uh, the situation there where people can have really bad effects. Um, the reported side effects include vision problems, nosebleeds, skin lesions, and then even arrhythmias. So, you know, you don't want to die from poppers. You just kind of, but you know, I, the other thing I also try to be more reality based in is that, Hey, people, people do a lot of things that can cause issues. Um, you know, people drink alcohol, people smoke cigarettes, you kind of have to know what your body is all about. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to tell people to use them, but I just want them to know how to reduce harm if they do uh, decide to use them. I love that approach, and um, I'm going to share my popper story because my parents don't listen to this podcast, and okay. <laughs> and, and I wish that that there had been education like yours around at the time that that I tried poppers because I I had them from a partner and. I, I was just like, oh, great. We were already smoking weed. This is something we can try. And I was using it for deep throating and for anal. And um, I did it a few times and I, I really in, I enjoyed the experience at the time. What, what, is a, a, what the difference is now that I have experience and, and learning is that the conditions that I enjoyed for a few seconds you know, versus the, the risks of poppers that I really also can now enjoy without that because I have a better understanding of my pleasure anatomy. I have a better understanding of what it means to have a body that's relaxed and receptive to things. And so also engaging our body in these natural endorphins and natural highs that we can have, it, it can offset some of the reasons why people think that that maybe poppers or any other types of drugs are uh, a necessity rather than the kind of like bump or, or one-off experience that that they were looking for. So if I had known, I actually, I had no, I'd known nothing about the risks. My partner was like a safe. I was like, okay, cool. I also had very little boundaries Mm. at that time. And so I wouldn't have known to say, Hey, you do you, but I'm cool with like, kind of just like honoring where my body is at right now. Right. Exactly. And you know, not just poppers. I ask people, you know, how do you relax? How how do you make this happen? Some people, a lot of people do mention, mention they use poppers to, to try to relax things open. Yeah. Um, some people just say, Hey, I rely on breathing techniques. You know, I center myself. I get my brain in that space. Uh, a lot of people say, Hey, listen, X lube is really, it, it's what you need to help with the relaxation. So that's great. Absolutely. Uh, but there, a lot of people talk about a mental switch that j- you just have to learn to turn off so that you're able to just relax. Yes. Uh, the, uh, the, one of the other big things that I, I was a little bit uh, upset with is some people say they use analese, which is a numbing, oh. uh, solution. Yeah. I'm a big, um, 
advocate of not using that Same. kind of uh, yeah because you could get injured and you're not you don't know it and uh, trust me a tear back there an anal fissure even a tiny one can put you out of commission for months and a deeper one can really cut into the muscle of the anus itself and lead to complications like incontinence down the line. Oh, oh, I get asked that question a lot of time too. Any kind of numbing creams. Some people use their hemorrhoid creams before and all those things are, are actually just turning you off from your body's sense of, of pain and discomfort. And when pain and discomfort right. happens, it doesn't mean everything has to end. It doesn't mean your partner's going to leave you. It doesn't mean that you're not good at the, being a bottom or a receiver. It just means that, hey, we have to try and find a way to adjust to this if we want to keep going. Or your butthole's like not in the mood right now. And maybe we got to get in the mood to uh, through a different part of the body. Because what you said about like being able to focus on breathing or other techniques, I think sensuality is something that is so missing from a lot of our sexual experiences because we associate it with soft or tender or feminine or romantic or whatever. But it really is just about leveraging the other hotspots on the body. Your partner likes their ears kissed. They like their neck sucked. They like their nipples played with. They like their penis or their vulva played with great get that body to this like vibrating state is that also what what you teach your audience and what people are are kind of like expanding the pleasure to the other parts of the body to feed this part of the body absolutely as well and I, you know i think i think that uh you know the more pleasure centers you have going at the same time the more elevated your experience will be for sure um but you know but talking and connecting and uh trusting and uh just that that intensity really amplifies every pleasure center. Yes, yes. Was there anything else in the survey that that surprised you or that that you think was really notable from this this fisting community? Um, I think the biggest thing was other than the uh, other than the uh, intensity of the connection, which is what really uh, was uh, amazing to me, the fact that it's not necessarily a dom sub thing. Mm. Uh, yeah. that, that was, a, that was a big thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You can do Dom sub with it, but in general with fisting, it's, uh, that, that part should be later in the, in the process. And early on, it should be more of the bottom is in control. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the other, the other minor things are, you know, make sure that your nails are, well, are yes. fixed and trimmed, <laughs> Um, you know, definitely don't just shove it in there. That's like anal sex though. You just can't shove it in there because that's a night killer right, right, right away. You have to warm up. And I, I think that communication, the, the, the warming up, uh, you know, definitely the message about making sure that you're aware and self-aware. So make sure that you try to avoid any sort of, um, uh, chemical substances that would take away your awareness. That's another big thing that I thought was a, a big message from this. I think that's a great one for tops as well. I think as a top, I like being you know, sober to be able to notice the nonverbal things that might be happening for someone. Right. And that's really, that's really, I'm glad you said that because that, that um, those, those uh, nonverbal cues are really important to be able to notice. Um, the other, the other big thing that I think that is important for people to get from the message of this as well is that it's not a competition to get to your, your elbow. You're not expected to get that deep. Um, it's, it's a journey. Uh, so uh, the, the pleasure's in the process, um, but the, but the uh, destination once reached is beyond words, utter paradise from, for some people. You know, so you ju just uh, even if you get to the second knuckle, like you said, hey, that's great. 
that don't make it a competition. Don't don't go in with expectations that will end up uh, making you feel disappointing it disappointed at the end of the process. Oh, I love that. That's so affirming for people to just honor wherever their pleasure is at. If you if you think, if you have to look down and be like, that's only two fingers, you know, great. Then those two fingers are your fist for tonight. That That's what it is. And I think a lot of times we can create the illusions that people want with their, their fantasy. So the activity might be fisting, but they might want to feel full. They might want to feel stretched. They might want to feel taken. And so all those things can happen without maybe the pressure of a fist that your body just might not be ready for that night. Right, exactly. When a fist is on your wish list, you have to get training with more advanced butt plugs. B-Vibe has you fisting butt sluts in mind with this beast level of a butt plug. The Snug Plug 6 is a whopping 515 grams in weight. It's amongst the world's heaviest butt plugs, and weighted plugs are special because they can create an even fuller, more intense sensation in addition to the sensation from expanding the rectal muscles. The whole snug plug collection are great for times when you want to put in a plug and do other sexy activities. They stay in really well. Or as a prep before your date comes over, you pop it in and you get ready. If you're not ready to take the snug plug six yet, there are five other smaller sizes, all the way from beginner, if you can take a thumb in your bum, uh, to more and intermediate sizes. So you can work your way up. Another big plug that's great for anal training and for larger, if you want to take larger insertions, is the Rimming Plug XL. So a butt plug that feels like it's eating your ass. If you've got hungry eyes, take your ass over to bvibe.com and save 25% off Bvibe branded products with the code FISTME, F-I-S-T-M-E. The coupon expires February 16th, 2022. And I wanted to ask you, we, we had a pelvic floor uh, therapist on, and she was so great, Dr. UC. She talked to us a little bit about anal prolapse and how that it's really hard to say because people who come into her practice are probably having some kind of pelvic floor issue. And so they might be more prone to having uh, sort of anal prolapse or, or things like that. So what what does it, it mean? I mean, or is there any validity in, in people's concerns about if they get fisted once or twice or like we don't have a number on if you get fisted t- 10 times a week, that might lead to, to like muscle problems but you know should we right. be worried about tightness should we be worried about prolapse should we be worried about you know needing to have a diaper fund you know and i think i'm glad you mentioned that because that's really the number one thing that people go to when 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 we start talking about fisting is oh nope i'm just going to end up in diapers no thank you so i asked these people hey listen what's what's happening are you know are you are you having leakage? Are you having snapback and back to normal? What's happening? Some people say that a day or two, they're a little looser after long sessions. And that makes sense. The longer and wider the object going in there, uh, the, the longer duration that it's in there, the more open it's going to be and the longer it's going to take to come back down to normal. So if you just have a few little fingers in there and, and you don't really get that, that far with it, you're probably going to snap back just fine. But a lot of people um, say that even even if they take a full fist, they're able to snap back within a day and be back to normal. So people say they have wet farts or anal leakage, or just just around the the timing of the uh, the session. But I think that it's important to know that one of the big keys is, like you said, do you have a history of uh, pelvic floor surgeries, uh, of childbirth, uh, you know, 
injury during childbirth, uh, prior anorectal surgeries. Mm. Um, have you had any injuries down there? The anus itself is very pliable and able to snap back really well. But once it gets injured, like if there's a big tear or a, or a cut in it from like an, an anal sphincterotomy that you had uh, for uh, a, a big fissure or some sort of hemorrhoid surgery, it may not be able to um, relax and contract as well as if you hadn't had those things happen. So, okay. the, and there's no data. How, how you know, yeah. there have been no studies in people to see how, how many fists that they take before they become incontinent. Right. But for the most part, one of the things that's really remarkable for me as a gastroenterologist is I have a few patients that I know get fisted because they tell me. And when I go to do their physical exam, I would ha have no clue. When I go and would take a camera to go up and look in the rectum, I'd have no clue that they're fisters. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, so cool. But that you can't see the signs yeah. of fistings through like, yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. Yeah. But other people, you mentioned prolapse and prolapse is another thing that's also kind of glorified right now okay. in some circles as well. Some people want to see prolapse and porn, you know, porn and reality are two different things. The reality of prolapse is you don't want that happening because of the dangers of how it can necrose and end up, uh, end up leading to a, a, an emergent situation. Okay. And also just long-term, you don't want to, you don't want prolapse because it's going to be harder to be able to normally evacuate your stools because the, the everything's out of whack down there. So, so it's not a, definitely not a goal okay. um, uh, that people should be striving for. Um, but it is a turn on for some people. Okay. And how do we know if let's say the next day, you know, we're, we're maybe we had a couple of shards or maybe, you know, we're feeling a mm -hmm. little bit looser, but how do we know if there there's injury? Like, should we be concerned if there's burning or blood or like, is what, what would we look for? An intense burning sensation, um, often is a sign of a minor fissure. Um, so I tell people that uh, anal fissures feel like you're pooping razor blades, oh. that kind of burning, kind of slicey kind of feel. Um, intense rectal pain is a sign of something more serious. So it could be something deeper. There could be an infection brewing from, a, from where uh, fecal material got into a cut. Um, so that's, those are definitely the big warning signs. Okay. Is there any reason why, I mean, you, you listed some great conditions that, that I had no idea about that might make someone more prone to prolapse or, or injury. Is there anyone that shouldn't do fisting? If you've got hemorrhoids, should you just like be like, sorry, this lifetime is not fisting? Is there is there something that might be a hard no? Well, I, I think if you're in the middle of a flare of some, some sort of anorectal situation where things are just not going well for you, like you mentioned, uh, if you're in a hemorrhoid flare, just because hemorrhoids are just ballooning of the hemorrhoidal veins, which are naturally there anyway. So we all have those veins, but when they're ballooned out and particularly um, painful or red or bleeding, you want to try to avoid it in that situation. There are also other people who sadly have conditions that are chronic, uh, like ulcerative colitis, where uh, the rectum and colon are inflamed and uh, have a tendency to bleed on just, just on contact. Now, I ha actually, I have a couple of patients who have ulcerative colitis and who are fisters or fisties. Now, with those people, I tell them, make sure that you're not flared mm. when you're, when, you know, if you're on medications and you're completely in remission, great. But if you're having a flare or if you're prone to, to bleeding when you go to poop, don't go for the fisting situation because it's just going to, it's going to kind of also become a mess during the fisting session itself with a lot of blood okay. uh, coming but also it's going to inflame your tissue. 
Okay. Okay. Ugh, I like I like getting all up and in rectal issues with you. This is so great. Right. <laughs> so I have a couple more questions, and they're kind of from the top perspective. Um, sure. Yeah, I kind of want to know how can we how can we be really good tops and and I'll tell you the challenge with I I find for me with giving is that oftentimes I I'm trying to guide whatever we have said that we were going to try and so there there is this right. this production role in when you're the giver and so you're kind of leading and then pumping the brakes if like something tells you to um but but a lot of times it can feel like we're not getting enough feedback so can should we be encouraging feedback like how do we ask for that um a lot i hear people kind of feel like well but i'm i'm the top and i'm the doer so you know or the bottoms feel like well i don't want to top from the bottom i don't want to tell them this so what what can we do as tops to encourage it well, I think that's part of before you even get started, part of the negotiation of the process. You have to to talk about what's happening, uh, what the expectations are, what you need to know from each other, um, how you want to proceed. Um, those sorts of things can be worked out ahead of time. If a bottom says, hey, listen, I just want to be completely nonverbal with this whole process, then at least discuss what kind of cues mm. should be used to know that they're having a, a good experience or not. Um, and then just kind of work through that warm-up process. If you're a top and you see a, 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 a bottom who is just uh, not, if they're screaming in pain or if, they're not, or if if their eyes look like they're just not feeling great with the situation, reading those nonverbal cues is really important. But if, if you have some, if you're the top and you're not sure what's happening and you see the bottom absolutely just looking like they're on, on another planet, with pleasure, you're doing something right, so don't worry. Yes, take those top cookies. I feel like those are right. my cookies when their eyes like roll right. back in their head, or you know they make a certain. I like I like the squirm. The squirm for me is like oh, you've just like let go of your body, and now your pleasure is is wiggling you. And I think as a top, absolutely learning to get off on that, like that makes me go through the roof. It builds my confidence. It builds my my presence in the moment. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. Um, so, so I think, you know, the negotiations and the warm up really lead to, uh, a lot of, uh, a better, uh, communication that, that makes that situation less, less of a problem to encounter. Oh, amazing. I think, and I'd love to know if you recommend this because I never go in anybody's holes with like a fist unless I'm wearing a glove and I just find mm -hmm. a latex glove makes every, or a nitrile glove makes everything just much more smoother. And then I don't have to yeah. worry if like I got poop under my nails or something. Like I just, I want to be able to feel they're comfortable or, you know, you might lose your ring in somebody's butt and then what's going to happen. Right. Oh, oh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, trust me. I've been, I've been, uh, I've been awakened at two o'clock in the morning from from even some other podcast hosts who have said, "Oh my God, I was in the middle of uh, uh, of uh, playing my, with myself with a huge dildo and it broke off in half up my ass. I don't know what to do." And it's two o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, what?" <laughs> but. But, but yeah, you don't want to lose anything up there. Uh, so, so, so definitely uh, the uh, using a, a, a nitrile glove is really good because you don't have to worry about latex allergies. Um, certainly it's a lot easier to lube up, especially if you have hairy arms like me. Um, but, you know, other people, you know, and it's really up to the top and the bottom in the negotiation part of things as to how you want to proceed with this. Some people don't want to use those sorts of things. Yeah. It's like condoms, you yeah. know, so um so just just know that uh, the risks and and benefits of 
of that situation um, ahead of time before you even get started. But another part of the the whole process as well is the cleanup. Mm. Um, early on, before you before you even start, you really should have a plan for cleanup mm. going in afterwards. You should have um, things on the floor or on the bed or whatever you use to make sure that it's a an easy cleanup process. Um, a lot of people. Uh, recommend um, having the supplies ready to go. And then as well, don't be surprised in the middle of this if something happens, you know, shit happens. That's what, what happened. That's what happens in that area of our body. So if a little poop gets on you, don't freak out. Um, uh, just just uh, proceed depending on what's, how much is, is going on there. If, if, if the uh, bottom thinks they need to go out and maybe flush out a little bit more or or if it's just a little bit, then just keep going. So I think that uh, the cleanup process as well, you know, making sure you have plenty of paper towels, making sure you have any sort of cleaning products around uh, and uh, some, some barrier protection so that your, your furniture and your, and your floors are, are protected as well. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you for saying that. I learned the hard way because I would play with butt plugs and then just put them on my night table. And I'm like, great. Now there's shit stains on my night table or like at least butt <laughs> juice stains or something. Exactly. You know, and or, bacteria, or, or bacteria, bacteria or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, and so yeah. now I have like a, a butt basket and the butt basket has a dark towel in it so that when I'm finished playing with the things I prepped and I just like hurl them into the, the butt basket and then I worry about it's later me's mm-hmm. problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, those are definitely big, big um, aspects of, of making sure that you have a good cleanup process as well, and just stay hygienic about it as much as you can. Um, one of the other things that I I thought was really interesting is I said, okay, so you're a uh, you you have someone ask you about fisting. What would you tell a novice, somebody who's brand new to fisting? What would you tell them? And I thought that was really interesting to hear what people said. That's a great question. Yeah. A lot of people said, hey, listen, fisting is a, there's a community of fisters. A lot of it is about experience or lack of experience. Find someone who's done this before to help guide you. Find people that you can be your, you can be yourself around when you do it. Um, it's okay to learn from other people who are experienced. So bring someone in who knows what they're doing. Um, if you're, if that's okay with your relationship. Don't freak out if you're not completely clean or if you don't get a fist in the first time. Take, you know, make sure that you're patient, make sure you relax. Again, the whole idea about it not being a competition, contest, or race. Um, This whole process is to feel pleasure, not to get hurt. So if you're if you're feeling pain and you're just not enjoying it, that's when you need to stop. Um, Absolutely no hard drugs is what was I couldn't have been more um, explicitly expressed from some people, um, avoiding the numbing agents, like we said before. Uh, and then the, the whole, uh, aspect of making, making sure you have plenty of lube. If you think you have enough lube, get more because you probably need more than you think. Absolutely. And reapply, keep that bottle nearby. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a mutual trust, mutual respect and patience. Ooh, those are really great characteristics of a good fisting. You know, I think if when there's pressure or tops sometimes or bottoms can even also internalize that pressure of like, I have to do this thing in order for my top to feel like I took the thing or I did the thing or we had the sex. And and that's just not true. I think it's great to be reassuring even beforehand in, in those talks that you mentioned and just say, hey, like we get to where we get to tonight. We're going to let your butt hold right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Dr. Carlton, this is this is such a rich 
fisting conversation. <laughs> I feel like you and I should write a manual on fisting for people, then they can they can have access to it. Because um, it's so wonderful to, to hear directly from people who are, are enjoying it. And you had access to this through this survey. Is there anywhere where we can read the results of, of your survey? Or are you going to be publishing it somewhere? Well, you know, what's interesting about this sort of thing on social media is you can't exactly put that on TikTok or on Instagram right. because it'll get taken <laughs> down pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. so I'm actually just, I'm, I'm trying to find the right platform. And ac actually today you, you get exclusive uh, information about the results of this uh, survey. You have the exclusive results of what's, what's going on. Oh my so no gosh. One, I, haven't, I haven't talked about this to anybody else. So this is a big deal. Yeah. I just got to try to find a, a, the right place to put the information so that it's accessible to people. Oh, amazing. Oh, we feel so special. And whenever whenever it's up or I see it up, I will make sure to share it to the, the Plug Podcast community so they can follow up. And what else do you have coming up? Is there is there anything that's going on for you? I can't wait to see what we talk about next in season three, you know, would be like. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, DP. I do have. I think it'll um, be DP. We'll talk about double pin. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Sorry. Go <laughs> tell us what you're coming up. <laughs> I just was realizing I was about to say something that I should just shut my mouth about. Oh, I, okay, good. That interrupted. Yeah. So sorry for the distraction there. Okay. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, Austin Kink Weekend is coming up. It's something I'm really excited about. In Austin, Texas, they have uh, they're starting their annual kink weekend and, and the very first one is april 8th through the 10th in austin texas you can go to austinkink.com um austinkinkweekend.com excuse me and you can get tickets there it's it's going to be quite a, a a weekend there's going to be seminars um uh, contests there's going to be dances uh, at night so like club nights um and i'm one of the keynote speakers i'm going to talk about sexual health um at this uh amazing weekend. I'm on Instagram and on TikTok at Dr. Carlton, all spelled out. And, you know, just plugging along, trying to get, uh, trying to get the message out there, trying to grow and uh, help people uh, learn about things they're afraid to talk about. Oh, you're doing an amazing job. You're doing an incredible job. Your reach is amazing. The topics are amazing. We're going to pop all the links that Dr. Carlton mentioned in the show notes. And I definitely recommend you check out his Instagram if you're not already following. There's always a new topic that, that you're covering. And it's amazing how many angles we can have to sexual health. And you talk about things that are, are way broader than, than also just how to be a good top or bottom. I mean, there's, there's so much on there. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate what you're doing and uh, getting all the education out there so that people learn what they really need to know. Oh, thank you. Can't wait to see what we chat about next. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. I'm so grateful for Dr. Carlton's wisdom. And I am also grateful for our butt slutty audience that shared some fisting stories with me. So I, I hope you're ready to hear some of the the fisting tales of our audience. <laughs> There's so many puns here. There's just so many. So the first one is actually from uh, a fellow podcaster, Tim. And so Tim is going to share this wild fisting story with us. Hello, everyone. This is Tim Lagman. I am a certified sex educator, 
I am a chaotic homosexual, come dump on legs, and I am the host of the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. And I just wanted to share with you all a quick little story on my first little fisting experience. And this was back when I was a gaby, just fresh out of the closet. And it was in a bathhouse. If you don't know what a bathhouse is, it's basically like where people can go in to just chill in the shower, the hot tub, the saunas. You can run a room. And in this bathhouse specifically that I went to, there was like a dark room. It's like pitch black. You can't see anything. You're kind of like navigating your way through. Thankfully, I had a friend who was showing me the ways of the bathhouse. He was like my bathhouse Sherpa. And I'm like trying to navigate my way through it, waiting for my eyes to adjust with the darkness. And somewhere in this dark room, I hear just like someone that was audibly gagged, like, like there was a gag in his mouth. And this guy happened to have, uh, I guess what do you call a a dom, a top, a, a owner, a master, or like a handler, I guess. I don't know, one of those things. And he had his sub lying down on a table or on the floor, spread eagle, and the top goes, I want anyone and anyone to come over here and fist my good boy. So my friend asks me, um, do you want to do it? And I was like, I, I guess I've never really fisted anyone before, so sure, why not? And I make my hand into like this duck position, this gesture, and start to go in. And as I'm going in and like, reaching to my wrist the bottom is like going and I'm like I don't know if you're in pain or if you're in pleasure but like this feels really awkward for me so I'm just gonna try to make this as least awkward for me as possible so the first thing that comes into my head is sunny days sweep in the clutch (laughs) the theme song to Sesame Street (laughs) and the top was like all right you're done next so I leave the dark room and my friend goes, Tim, what the hell was that? And I was like, I don't know, call it like repressed childhood trauma, trying to process what just happened. <laughs> and I just walked out of there and just had a good laugh. So Okay, so you you do definitely have to check out Tim's podcast if you love this chaotic vibe. <laughs> Um, our, our next one is also not very tame. So I'm, (laughs) I I don't know if this is a representative selection of fisters, but I'm, I'm here for the entertainment value and to be a voyeur into people's fisting fun. So let's introduce the next one. Hello, Luna. I'm so excited to share this booty story with you today. This story begins on a camping trip when I had gone away for the weekend and was having a dazzling time with my friends, but the weather wasn't holding up so great, so I decided to come home early. And on my drive home, I had no cell phone reception until I had reached the city limits, at which point I thought, you know, it's a little bit late to tell my partner that I'm about to surprise him and come home, and there's a good chance that since I was away, that he might be up to something fun. So I thought, heck, why don't I just surprise? Why don't I just surprise? And (laughs) I got home and I opened the door and I saw 
an extra pair of shoes. And I said, hello, and I heard a hello. And I said, it sounds like somebody's over. And that was confirmed. And so I quickly got off my shoes, dropped my bags, and slipped into the bedroom. And there I found my partner with a fist up his butt. And, <laughs> and <laughs> I just was delighted that he was engaged in such pleasure-filled activities, and so I just stripped off my clothes and dove right into the fun. Um, but after about three or four minutes, I realized that I was tired and I was hungry, and so I politely excused myself and made a grilled cheese and watched from the window. And that is my fun little booty story that I wanted to share with you today. Well, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Can you can you all relate? There's a lot of group fisting action <laughs> going on. So I don't know what that says about the characteristics of people who like fisting. Are there introverted fisters? Like where where are you? Now we've got uh, another butt slut, and um, this one was actually an audience submission from a first time anal episode that we did. And you'll you'll have to listen to that episode because there were some great stories there too, in addition to this one. And it was just so cute and so slutty and a personal favorite. So I had to bring it back. So enjoy this one. Hey Luna, big fan, first time caller. I think my kinkiest booty story would have to be the first time I ever got fisted. At that point, I hadn't had too much experience and struggled to take anything more than a moderate girth. I'd ended up meeting somebody who was very into butt play, and she decided to take it upon herself to really open me up. When we started out playing, we put in a butt plug, nothing too big, and eventually after a while I didn't even notice it was there. Then when she decided to take things up a notch, I was tied face down to the bed and a whole host of toys were brought over. When the butt plug was brought out, something a little bit bigger was worked into me and then worked up to something bigger still. At that point, there was a little bit of resistance, but she coached me through breathing and relaxing and eventually I felt that resistance give way and the toy just slide fully inside of me. At that point, I knew I was opened up and uh, my booty was ready for more. She really decided to go at it with her hands at that point and started working fingers inside of me and I could feel her moving around and stretching me more and more and more open until eventually I felt so full and she informed me that her entire fist was inside of me. I honestly didn't believe it at first, but I craned my neck to turn around and sure enough there was the proof, a hand wrist deep in my butt. I had no idea that I could take such a thing, but it was honestly one of the hottest sights I had ever seen. Just knowing that I was so full and taking somebody's entire hand inside of me. Well, after that I was obviously ready for a good pegging, but I'll never forget the image of that. And, and just how full and satisfied and stretched out that I felt. It's definitely something I want to do and experience again soon. Does anyone else feel stretched out after hearing that episode? <laughs> Did we answer the question, to fist or not to fist? What do you think? 
I think the question depends on who's asking and what mood the booty hole is in. Beginners, if fisting is your dream, no need to rush. The booty seduction tips and expanded pleasure ideas are a great place to start playing. If you're sitting there and your eyes are bigger than your butthole, you're hungry for fisting, get that booty hole into training. In general, if you're moving up in sizes, we recommend sizing up each time around one to two fingers in girth at a time. So that means don't go from one finger to four fingers or a novice plug to a snug plug. Those are That's too big of a, a jump. You get to define your pleasure and the receiving hole is the one in charge. For all my, my fellow givers and my fellow tops out there, you've now got more skills on how to be a better fister and help create safer, more seductive, more delicious fisting experiences for the holes that we are lucky enough to be really deep in. If you missed Dr. Carlton before, check out season one, episode three, all about eating ass. It was a a fantastic chat there too. And let us know what topics you would like to hear us chat about on the plug. Do you have thoughts or comments about fisting? Are you going to go out and try a bigger butt plug? We love hearing what you're up to. Send us an anonymous voice message at speakpipe.com slash the plug podcast and until next time friends stay bootyful